The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shaleen Show. I'm so excited to spend this time with you, and I hope you are too. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. This episode is devoted to logic. In this episode, you will understand a lot more about your body type and why somebody who's done exactly the same thing that you do or can eat the same things that you eat has this amazing ability to lose weight or never gain weight. In this episode, you'll understand how your training needs to be specific to your body type and how the foods that you eat affect your metabolism or your ability to gain weight, to lose weight, or maintain weight. And you'll also understand that you have so much more control than you realize, but you have to understand a little bit about your body. I really think you're going to love this episode because it's going to just resolve so many of the frustrations that you've had. I'm positive that by the end of this episode, you're going to feel much more in control. You're going to feel confident. You're going to feel good. You're going to feel assured about what it is you need to do next. And most of all, you're going to feel better about yourself. Let's start with some logic. Now, clearly, if you know people, brothers and sisters of the same family who really have different physical traits. One kid tends to be thicker, bigger boned, you know, always kind of struggle with their weight. The other kid is a beanpole, can't put on weight to save their lives. Different body types. We seem to accept this when we're looking at children, but for whatever reason, once we become adults, that's where we lose all logic and we're like, well, I just don't look like her because apparently I'm not disciplined enough or maybe I'm not doing the right workout. And if I did the right workout, well, then I would look like her. But we know that's not logical. And part of the reason why we buy into that kind of illusion that if we just do all the things that this person does, that we should be able to look like this person. Part of the reason why we buy into that is, you know, frankly, the industry, it's marketing. And I take full responsibility for my part. I own whatever piece I've contributed to that. I mean, frankly, I know that all of my programs, we put together one basic diet, one basic exercise regimen, and then we market it to a mass of people, all of whom have different genetic components, all of whom are different ages, different races, different experience with diet and exercise, different DNA, all of those things, different body types. So part of it is kind of like you have to, like, you know, when we're creating a $20 workout program, you can't really customize it for seven different body types and four different approaches to nutrition based on a person's personal needs. You can offer recommendations. You can give people knowledge so they can customize it. But at the end of the day, people don't want to customize. They want to just look at a meal plan, look at a calendar, and follow it. Trust me, I know this because I hear from you all the time. Shalene, I'm following your exercise calendar for Turbo Fire, and it says on Sunday I'm supposed to do blah, blah, blah. And unfortunately, we had a family emergency on Sunday. What do I do? It's like, um, 
you do what you need to do. Like people just really want to follow an exact plan and they fear that if they don't follow it exactly, they're not going to get the exact results that they want. Let me assure you that there are many people who will follow the exact plan and not get the results that they want. There are also those who will follow it loosely and also have French fries and skip half the workouts and they'll drop tons of weight. How and why is this possible? And more importantly, what can you do about it? Here's what you'll need to do about it before we go any further is understand this. Okay, take this in. Girlfriend, are you listening? Boyfriend, do I have your attention? You have got to realize you are a very unique individual. You have to be aware of your body and how it reacts to food and exercise, sleep and stress, flexibility, all of those components. You have to know you better than anyone so that whatever it is that's prescribed to you, you customize it to make it work for you. You go back to using common sense. I have to take a deep breath and stay calm because you must understand that any type of program you follow has to be specific to you. It doesn't make sense. Okay, let me ask you. Does it make any sense that two people, one who's 5'5 and has 30 pounds to lose, okay, on a 5'5 frame, you have 30 pounds to lose, and another person who's 5'10 and long and lanky but, you know, looks great in clothes. They look like they could be a model, but when they take their clothes off at night, they don't like the like pudgy stomach and, you know, kind of the bloat they have. And maybe they've got like five pounds to lose. Does it make any sense that those two people would follow the exact same workout plan and the exact same diet and both have the exact same results? No, at least it shouldn't. Not at all. They're two different body types. Someone who's 5'5", doesn't have the same caloric requirement as someone who's very tall, say 5'10". And someone who has a lot of weight to lose doesn't have the same caloric requirements as someone who doesn't have very much to lose. And somebody, two people who weigh exactly the same amount, get this, two people who weigh exactly the same amount and are exactly the same height do not have the same caloric requirements. One of them may be at 28% body fat and the other one might be the same weight, weighing more, they are heavier, but they're at 14% body fat, in which case they probably don't have any weight to lose. And they also have a very, very fast metabolism. Their metabolism is revving because they've got lots of muscle. I share that with you because you must, from this point forward, if you want to be successful in your pursuits, whether that's extreme weight loss, you have 100 pounds or more to lose, or shredding off those last five pounds, you have to look at yourself as an individual and become an expert at your body how it responds, and how to get the best results. You also need to have a much better understanding of the science. Now, I'm working on a really cool project that I can't wait to tell you guys about, but it's all about metabolism and how our bodies respond. And especially for those of you who've been stuck at a set point, you're like, what the heck? Why won't the scale budge? I overeat, I stay at this weight. I undereat, I stay at this weight. I run 50 miles in a week, I stay at this weight. Like, what the heck is going on? I can't even tell you about the research that I'm working on right now, but I'm really, really excited to share it with you. I just can't yet share all of it with you because we're going through test programs and putting all these protocols into practice. I'm working with researchers and doctors not to deliver something to you that is not based in fad, 
or that's on the cover of popular magazines, but to deliver something to you that is based in science, something that allows you to customize and fix your own metabolism. And yes, those of you who are perimenopausal or menopausal and OMG, you are so frustrated with this ridiculous, where did this come from? Weight gain, the thickness around your midsection, or just, you know, kind of suddenly figuring out that your body is not responding the way it once did to your training and exercise. It's on the way. Thank you for being patient. Your patience is important because, because I want it to be right and I want it to all be tested and I want it to be something that is a solution for you. But it starts with an understanding, and I thought this is a really good place to start. So let's begin by just talking about body types. Very simple piece is going to shed some incredible light on perhaps what has been plaguing you or standing in the way of getting amazing results. Generally speaking, we recognize that there are four different body types. Now, I'm not talking about pear shape or hourglass shape, but I'm talking about ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph. First, let me start with an ectomorph. Ectomorphs are typically people who are small framed, longer limbs. They don't gain weight easily, especially as children. They, you know, just were the kid that some people would call a bean pole or rail fin or just smaller shoulders, a smaller frame, typically longer limbs, a faster metabolism. I'm going to use celebrities because Typically, those are people that, you know, we all can picture in our minds, right? So an ectomorph might be any supermodel, if that's a natural ectomorph, if they are naturally thin. So Cameron Diaz is an example of someone who's an ectomorph. A mesomorph is someone who typically has a little bit more of a square shape. They naturally are stronger. This is the kind of person who put on muscle very easily. Like they can just do push-ups and they've got these nice sculpted biceps and shoulders. And meanwhile, you have to do 55,000 bicep curls and you still can't see your bicep. Mesomorphs put on muscle really quickly. They tend to be like when you think of a gymnast, that's a pure mesomorph. Mesomorphs are usually very hard body when they train hard. Now, not everyone looks like a mesomorph, even if they are one, right? But a mesomorph who trains, like you immediately see results. Like they're the ones who are naturally drawn to athletics. Usually they have broader shoulders and they make exceptional athletes. Obvious mesomorphs would be Venus and Serena Williams. Those are obvious ones because they're already athletes. But let's talk about celebrities who are probably mesomorphs, but aren't training as professional athletes so that you can get a sense of what that body type might look like. Hillary Swank is the perfect example because typically she's not training to build muscle for her roles in movies, etc. You know, they like a little softer, thin look. But when she trained for Million Dollar Baby, you could see clearly that she had the genetic potential for a mesomorph, very athletic, got those nice rounded shoulders, deltoids that are just mm, delicious. I mean, she looked amazing. And you could see that her body put on muscle. I'm not going to say easily because there was a lot of hard work involved, but very quickly. Now, if Cameron Diaz had been given that same role and she had the same conditions to work in, in the same amount of time, in the same training regimen, the same protocol and everything, she probably, most likely, would not have been able to achieve the same results in the same amount of time. Now, that is not to say that she couldn't get closer to that with a little more time, but more importantly, she would need a slightly different regimen in order to achieve the same results because Hilary Swank has more mesomorph type tendency. So it's going to be easier for her to put on muscle. Third, commonly accepted body type is called an endomorph. Now, people who are an endomorph typically are a little shorter, not always. 
thicker boned, they gain muscle pretty easily, but more so they gain fat very easily. This is someone who even when they're at their thinnest, they tend to have thicker legs, more cellulite. Even if their body fat is as low as it can possibly get, they just tend to hold on to body fat more so than a mesomorph, that's for sure. Their circumference at their risk is wider. They usually have a wider foot, broader shoulders, and kind of a softer, rounder body even when they get down in weight and even when they're pretty lean. To give you an example of a celebrity who might fit the ideal endomorph body type is someone like Rosie O'Donnell, who we've seen very thin and we've also seen her you know, gain weight. And even when she's at a lower weight, there's still kind of a roundness, a softness to her body and to her shape. And of course, many body types are indigenous to certain climates. So when we think about really cold, cold climates and the people who are indigenous, they tend to carry more body fat. It's evolution's way of keeping us alive and making sure that we can survive in those climates carrying more body fat. And of course, when we think about hot desert-like climates, jungle where it's very humid, very hot, typically we'll see people who are a little bit more ectomorph. And in some cases, mesomorph, but you will rarely see the body type of an endomorph in those warm, humid climates. Now, before you throw up your hands and go, dang it, I knew it, I'm an endomorph and I'm doomed, let me give you another example of someone who would probably be considered an endomorph, Beyonce Knowles. Now, Beyonce's body is beautiful and it's curvaceous and she's got muscle, but Generally speaking, her body would fall into the category of someone who's an endomorph. So her legs are a little thicker, but it's beautiful. Even J-Lo might be considered a little bit on the endomorph scale, somewhere between endomorph and mesomorph, which leads me to the fourth and final category, the combo. There's a very high likelihood that you are a combo. What's important to know, though, is which two are you a combo of? It's pretty rare that you'd be a combo of all three. It's pretty much impossible. You are likely a combo of two of those types. Again, we're not looking at what your body looks like when you're at your heaviest or when you're at your leanest, but your general propensity. And for this, it doesn't hurt to take a look at, you know, your grandparents, your parents, family members, because... You know, we're a combination of all of those things. Our DNA is never exclusively our moms or our dads. It's a combination of those things. So it's likely you have some tendencies from one or two of these body types. Now, you might be predominantly endomorph, but you do also happen to put on muscle in your upper body pretty easily, which would make you a combination. Now, the reason why this is important is because based on your body type, you need to train differently to get the same results. Perfect example, Madonna. Madonna is a mesomorph, almost a pure mesomorph. She claims only to do yoga and has that amazingly sculpted body. I mean, shoulders, arms, biceps, glutes, you name it. Like I would die for the muscles she has. They're amazing. She's a pure mesomorph. Also doing a yoga routine daily is Cameron Diaz, but she is an ectomorph, so it looks very different on the two of them. Now, they could get very similar results, but they would have to train differently. Let me briefly discuss training regimens according to body type. Now, as I'm going through this, I want you to re-listen to this if you're in your car or if you're even working out while you're listening to this, because I want you to take notes later. So, we are at about the 17-minute mark of this podcast. 
And I want you to go back and listen to this part later when you can take down some notes because this is really, really important. If you want to get the results that you're looking for and you're kind of frustrated by following an exercise program or a diet protocol and it's like, wait, why don't I look like so-and-so who's also doing this and getting amazing results? My ectomorphs, my long, lean types. And by the way, you can be long and lean and only 5'2". There are definitely ectomorphs who are on the shorter side. It's about, you know, how petite your bone structure is, narrow shoulders. Remember, you have the type of body that doesn't put on muscle quickly. Sometimes when we hear the term skinny fat, which I I hate even saying both of those words, I don't like the word skinny and I don't like the word fat, but let's just use those because that's what people call it. That's usually an ectomorph who hasn't been training. So they look really great in clothes, but take off their clothes and take their body fat and they're going to have much higher body fat percentages than somebody who, say, weighs a lot more and um, has a lower body fat percentage because they're not an ectomorph. Okay, so my ectomorphs, it's hard for you to put on muscle. In order for you to put on muscle, which is, of course, we know the body's way to rev up the metabolism and to change our physique, right? So if you want to fill out your genes or have bigger biceps or more defined shoulders, you need more muscle. And the way for you to get more muscle is to train heavier with fewer reps. So when you're looking at a workout routine, and let's say even you're doing one of my DVDs and I'm doing 12 reps and I'm a blend, I'm a blend of endomorph and a mesomorph. I'm a blend of those two. So I'm doing 12 reps and you know you're an ectomorph and you've got to put on more muscle. You're going to need to go heavier and do fewer reps. You'll need to take a little bit longer break between the reps because you're using heavier weights. You'll also want to do compound lifts, meaning you're using multiple muscle groups at once. And you must do muscle specific work, meaning where you're not doing bicep curls with a lunge, but you're just focusing on one muscle group that you want to grow, where you can go really heavy and concentrate. Ectomorphs really don't need to do nearly as much cardio as the endomorphs or the mesomorphs. They just don't. They need more muscle. I want you, if you are an ectomorph, to do some cardio because that's important for our health and our circulation and all of those things, but you don't need to do a lot of it. And it doesn't need to be of great length or great intensity. And specifically, you're going to do best with HIIT style training. Yeah, so you can burn more fat, your workouts can be shorter, and have that intensity. Ideally, however, your cardiovascular pursuits should also be helping you build strength at the same time. Running is not building strength while getting cardio. Doing PIO is one way that you can get cardiovascular work while also building strength. Sprinting is another great way to build strength and get your cardio. But again, sprints should be short duration, 90 seconds or less, with breaks of 30 seconds to a minute between each sprint. Ectomorphs should be eating more frequently. I don't recommend that ectomorphs who want to build muscle practice intermittent fasting, unless of course it works for you. Like again, this is about experimenting and knowing your body and figuring out that what works. And so I'm speaking in great generalities, but at the same time, I'm hoping that you're hearing enough specifics about your body type and the way that you've been training and how to work with your body type as opposed to against it. Now let's talk about the endomorph. Endomorphs. Now, again, endomorphs, remember thinking, we're going to think Beyonce on one end of the scale, who's probably a little bit of an endomorph slash mesomorph. And we'll also think about Oprah or Rosie O'Donnell. 
For someone who's an endomorph, especially the larger your frame is and the harder it is for you to drop body fat, the more important it is for you to actually increase your cardio and strength training, but focus strength training on especially lifting heavy for the lower body. My endomorphs typically are going to want to do more reps and more sets. So whereas a mesomorph to get the results that they want are going to do a program and do 12 reps and three sets, an endomorph might do 20 reps and four sets. An endomorph might also find that they need to increase their cardio a little bit more than someone who, say, is an ectomorph. My endomorphs typically have a difficult time with carbohydrates. It's what they crave. It's what they want. And usually the second they eat one, their body holds onto it and doesn't want to let go. And it also will retain more water. So for an endomorph who wants to get amazing results, they typically have to cut back on the carbs or experiment with carb cycling. Endomorphs typically don't have great success doing intermittent fasting because genetically speaking, their bodies have been designed to fast for longer periods of time. Think about the sumo wrestler. Sumo wrestlers are conditioned to get bigger and rounder and heavier and thicker and carry more body fat. The more body fat they carry, the more successful and the stronger they will be in their training regimen. They will go long periods of time without food, in other words, fasting, followed by a large meal, obviously more calories than their bodies require, but consuming all of those calories in a very short window of time. And what that does is works to continually slow their metabolism. Okay, so then why is it that some people can do intermittent fasting and they have amazing results? Different genetic makeup. And all of these things, again, are yours to test and experiment with. But if you've tried intermittent fasting and you found that you gained weight pretty rapidly, it might just mean that your body doesn't dig it. You've got to figure out based on your body type, based on your body chemistry, your history, your metabolism, what works best for you. But the last thing I want you to do is to use your body type or a combo of body types as any type of excuse. I don't know about you, but I think JLo is looking pretty good. In fact, I could probably list for you 10 or more endomorphs who we all think their bodies are amazing and beautiful. And we have to learn to embrace our body types and know them so that we can be at peace with them and make them the best they can be and to feel our best. But all the dieting and training you do from here until eternity is not going to turn you from an endomorph to an ectomorph. So it's crazy to me when I see people set a body goal, like they look at someone, they're like, I want to look like that, but you're not going to. And I'm not really a fan of comparing, right? But it just happens. We all do it. We all look at somebody's physique and say, wow, I would really like to have that. And I think to some degree, that's okay. I just think it's really important that you are considering your body type, whether you're one of those three or you're a combo. And then the person who, you know, is kind of your role model, are they healthy? And are they a similar body type? Because if they're not a similar body type, you are setting yourself up for disaster. You're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up to attain results that are simply unattainable. Mesomorphs. Now, the mesomorph is someone who puts on muscle very quickly. Again, if I'm going to speak in terms of extremes, our mesomorphs are the type, they don't even have to lift weights. They just have great rounded muscles and they can do a few push-ups every week and it looks like they've spent two hours in the gym. Mesomorphs, you are in a prime position because 
You don't have to work very hard to get your results. And in fact, you can start with doing strength training. And if you feel like you're getting too big or too muscular, which sometimes mesomorphs experience that, that's the downside, right? Like we always look at everybody else's body type and we're like, I wish I was that. But they all come with their own pitfalls. Someone who is an ectomorph, long and lean, probably spent most of their teen years feeling like a beanpole and being teased and ridiculed. And they desperately wanted to gain weight to just look normal. And they would have done anything to look like you. And our endomorphs who desperately wish they were a mesomorph, well, the mesomorph just wishes that they had a more feminine physique and that they didn't put on muscle so quickly. So we all want what we don't have. And the ideal place to be is to accept what we have and to make it its best possible and to look and feel our best with what God has given us. So my mesomorphs who put on muscle very quickly and excel at athletics, if you are a pure mesomorph, you're sitting pretty because you can do a little bit of lifting just two times a week and you can get to a place where you're like, okay, this is perfect. I don't want any more muscle than this. And you can basically plateau or maintain at that level. Whereas someone who is an endomorph or an ectomorph has to train much harder to see the same type of definition. Mesomorphs usually will train in the range of like, say, 12 reps. And they might do, say, three sets to get the kind of results that an ectomorph might have to do five or six reps and fewer sets and longer rest. So in other words, our mesomorphs put on muscle easily, ideal at athletics, ideal at fitness competitions, physique competitions. They don't have to work nearly as hard as those who are ecto or endo. And typically, they can do a little bit more of a moderate program. They can do a little bit of cardio, a little bit of strength training, and have amazing results. Or they can do all strength training and just look ripped and shredded like, frankly, an ectomorph is going to have to work five times as hard in order to get the same kind of muscle development. Now, again, it's all possible. It's just what you want, understanding the right protocol to follow in order to get those results. Mesomorphs have to be very careful that they're consuming enough calories to support their muscles. I find that many mesomorphs, especially females, have gone on some type of yo-yo dieting to bring their weight down. And because of it, they've depleted a great deal of their muscle. I mean, because your body needs to eat. So if you're not giving it calories, if you're not consuming enough calories, your body is eating, but it's not eating your fat. It's going to start eating your muscle. So Someone who was once a mesomorph and had, you know, amazing physique, they were really happy with it. And then they start cutting calories and cutting calories and they hit a plateau. And then suddenly they're not losing weight anymore. Suddenly they're gaining weight and gaining fat and eating fewer calories. That's because that mesomorph hasn't been feeding the muscle. So mesomorphs really have to be careful and they really have to know their numbers to make sure that they're consuming enough calories and the right kind of calories, enough carbohydrates, they need to know their macros, enough of their lean proteins, and of course, healthy fats. Don't worry, y'all. I'm gonna break all of this down for you in such incredible detail once my project is complete. But I hope that by understanding your body type or the combination of body types that you are, helps you to better customize whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, you have to know what it is you want to achieve. And then you have to look at that goal and say, is this realistic? I mean, based on my body type and what's possible, is this realistic? And is the plan that I'm following, how do I need to customize it? You know, diets aren't going to fail you and exercise programs aren't going to fail you. 
Unless, of course, you're applying the general prescription and you shouldn't be on a general prescription. I don't care what program you're doing. Look at what they've prescribed and know that that was written for everyone and you're not everyone. So take a look at your body type. Take a look at whatever program it is that you're following or what it is you're doing, your current regimen. And now that you're equipped with this knowledge, what changes do you need to make? Because if you're doing the same thing over and over and over and you're not getting the kind of results that you want, then something needs to change. If we're going to change our body's composition, if we want a leaner body, we need more muscle. That doesn't mean we need to be a lower weight. Forget about your weight. You have to know your body's composition. And there's so many ways that you can measure your body's composition. I'm going to give you some simple ones you can do right now. And that is number one, take a photo of yourself in the same lighting and in the same outfit at the same time of the day each week. A photo doesn't lie unless, of course, you're in a different outfit and in different lighting. But if we can make all of those things exactly the same, you're going to get a pretty good sense of what's happening with your body fat. Measurements. You know, if the circumference of your waist continues to get small, it is very likely that your body fat is getting lower. You know how your clothes fit. How about the thickness of your rolls? <laughs> is that, I don't know why that makes me laugh. But, you know, go ahead, pinch your stomach right now. Pinch like, okay, so go, there's my belly button, and then we're gonna go over on both sides about four or five inches. No, about four inches, right? And then just squeeze your thinnest roll. Okay. The thickness of your skin fold will continue to get thinner as your body fat gets lower. And of course, you could go and have your body fat tested, but you know, I mean, how many people actually go out and do that? I don't know. I don't think very many. I love for you too, if you have that opportunity, but I just don't think that very many people do that. Another great indicator is to buy a scale. And I'm going to talk about that in a future episode, a scale that measures your body fat. And they all have a plus or minus of discrepancy, of inaccuracy, but at least it will give you a gauge. You can see a trajectory where you're going up or going down. It might not be 100% accurate, but we do know if we're going up or going down. Generally speaking, it is not about the weight on the scale. You can take two women, both who weigh 150 pounds, and one can be 11% body fat and the other one can be 30% body fat. That's a fact. So the scale is not an indication of how fit and lean and healthy you are. It's one factor and it's a pretty small factor and as you are changing your metabolism and adding strength training and training according to your body type, the more so it becomes important that you are looking at your body fat and really evaluating that as a more accurate measure of your health and fitness. Okay, so first of all, my Snap family, my Snapchat peeps, I want you to send me a chat. Let me know what you thought about this episode. And by the way, if you're one of those people who follows me on Snapchat, my name is Shalene Official. If you're like, I can't chat with you for some reason. Unfollow me and then refollow me and that little chat box should appear. It's probably because you originally followed me at a time when I didn't have my chat open. But at the moment, at the time that I'm recording this anyways, my chat feature is open on Snapchat, but I do not accept photos or videos. Why, you ask? Um, because creepers like to send you things. I don't want to see that. Ew, ew. Oh, that's so gross. Like, I don't want to see that. So please, I'm not even going to take the chance. I'm not going to take a chance so I can see you sweating after one of my workouts or your kid with a dog filter on their face. And I'm certainly not going to risk opening it up to see your junk, mister. Mister, I do not need to see your junk. Thank you very much. It's not even that impressive. So don't even try. 
But if you do follow me on Snapchat, send me a a message. Boy, that was long-winded, wasn't it? And let me know what you thought about this episode and how it will help you to think differently about your training. If you are not on Snapchat, can I ask you a favor? Go to iTunes and under the Shalene Show, you scroll down just below where all the stars are and it'll say, write a review. Click on that and write me a message about this particular episode. Let me know how it helped you. Of course, at the same time, you could give me a five-star rating, but more importantly, I would like an honest review of this particular episode. I go back and read every one of the recent comments just before I record each podcast. So it's really super helpful to me. And I really appreciate that you take the time to do that. I thank you. I thank you in advance because it's super cool. It is my pleasure to spend this time with you. It's my honor to spend this time with you. I feel like we're friends. I hope you do too. And I guess I just need to tell you that you are the bomb.com, but you knew that, didn't you? I love you. Talk to you soon. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and, and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337. And that is for U.S. residents. Then just send me the word confidence and I will send you access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you want to be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.